Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, December 6th. I'm Erica Pandey, in for Nyla Boodoo. Here's what you need to know today. New data could shed light on the Omicron variant. Plus, the U.S. reacts to Russian plans to invade Ukraine. But first, today's one big thing. A school's responsibility in a mass shooting. The investigation continues into last week's shooting at a Michigan high school. Over the weekend, the parents of the 15-year-old suspect who shot and killed four of his classmates and injured seven others were charged with involuntary manslaughter for their role in the deaths. Now the school's culpability is in question. After two teachers raised imminent concerns about the suspect's behavior, school administrators ordered the parents to get counseling for their son within 48 hours. The school then let the boy go back to class where he began shooting. So can the school be held legally responsible? Here to break down this case is Catherine J. Ross, a law professor at George Washington University and an expert on student rights. Hey, Catherine. Hi, Erica. Thank you for inviting me. So, Catherine, in an ideal scenario, what could and should the school have done differently? The thing that really shocked me was that the school allowed Ethan to go back to class instead of keeping him in a place where he would be safe and the school population would be safe. The guidance counselors signaled that they were very concerned about his state of mind, and they did that by telling his parents that Ethan had to see a counselor within 48 hours, and they backed that up with a threat that they would call protective services if he wasn't in counseling by then. So they clearly were signaling their grave concern, and they were obligated to keep him segregated until they could make sure that he wasn't a threat. So the DA has brought charges against the shooter's parents. Could we see charges brought against a school by the DA? It would be either unheard of or almost unheard of for a criminal prosecution against school officials to follow a school shooting. Uh, and there are many reasons why the schools are protected from liability. And some of it has to do with being a state institution, and some of it has to do with various provisions for immunity. But the criminal level of responsibility involves a lot of things like forming criminal intent. And I think that would be almost impossible to show for school officials in a situation like this. Before I let you go, Catherine, what are you watching for next in this case? Within the school district, I am concerned that people will be trying to assign responsibility to each other rather than scrutinizing what they might do differently next time. And I'm also concerned about an overreaction because we want to be sure that school districts don't drop the ball in these situations, but also that they don't become overly judgmental and send too many kids to the juvenile justice system or refer them to the police when it isn't necessary. So we need to promote a culture that is a lot more nuanced about these sorts of threats and how to handle them. Nationally, I'm very concerned that by next week we'll be on to the next story and not deal with the underlying issues. Catherine J. Ross is a law professor at George Washington University and an expert on student rights. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you. We'll be back in 15 seconds with updates on the Omicron variant. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Erica Pandey. The world is watching the spread of the Omicron COVID variant, and we've been tracking what you need to know. Here's the latest. New data out of South Africa shows that the Omicron variant might spread twice as fast as the Delta variant. It also suggests that having been infected with COVID in the past may not provide much protection against Omicron. But as Axios's Caitlin Owens reports, these findings are extremely preliminary. And scientists are scrambling for more data and better answers, especially about the effectiveness of vaccines against Omicron. So far, top scientists are saying there's no reason to believe vaccines don't provide a good level of protection, and people should still be getting vaccinated. Here's CDC Director Rochelle Walensky on ABC's This Week yesterday. We know from a vaccine standpoint that the more mutations a single variant has, the more immunity you really need to have in order to combat that variant, which is why right now we're really pushing to get more people vaccinated and more people boosted to really boost that immunity in every single individual. Meanwhile, much of Europe is reacting to the Omicron variant with a new push to get people vaccinated. Germany, France, Austria, and Italy are putting restrictions on unvaccinated people going into many non-essential public places. But here in the U.S., the tide seems to be heading in the other direction. President Biden's federal vaccine mandates face court challenges from Republican officials, and now many of these vaccination rules are on pause, including those for healthcare workers and employees of businesses of over 100 people. You can see our colleague Caitlin Owens reporting on all of this, as well as lots more from the Axios healthcare team at Axios.com and on the Axios app. And thanks to Axios healthcare editor Tina Reed for keeping us up to date. New intelligence shows Russia is ramping up preparations to invade Ukraine as soon as early 2022. And the Biden administration is sounding the alarm. Axios' Jonathan Swan has the latest. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, Erica. So we saw this sort of ramping up from Russia last spring. How much bigger is this? Yeah, what we're now hearing from sources in the U.S. intelligence community is that these are substantially more extensive movements of Russian troops than we saw even in the spring. So we're talking 100 battalion tactical groups, an estimated 175,000 personnel along with armor, artillery, equipment. Half of these units are estimated to already be near Ukraine's border. All of this is classified. I've spoken to multiple sources who've seen the classified intelligence. They think what they're seeing um, in terms of some of Putin's covert actions make them believe he's more serious about an invasion now than he was when he menaced Ukraine in, in April with that other large buildup. And the fact is, nobody is willing to defend Ukraine with military force. Give me the bigger picture here. I mean, if we're if we are to see a Russian invasion, what does that mean for the West and for the rest of the world? I mean, Putin has invaded two countries, Georgia and Ukraine, and there is a principle by which the civilized world organizes itself after World War II, which is that countries aren't supposed to invade other countries and seize their territory. This is a democracy, a far from perfect democracy, but a democracy that has been oriented towards the West, has been desperate to join NATO, has been pleading with the West to help them, and has been getting 
you know, money and you know, some weapons and other things like that, but not the thing they really, really want, which is protection from Putin. So if Putin is allowed to do this, that sends a very strong signal about about what the United States and, and the West is prepared to tolerate. President Biden and Putin are set to speak this week. What should we expect from that call? The Biden administration are preparing a menu of options right now as to what to do if Putin does invade. We're talking very, very heavy sanctions. Basically, the phrase that you hear again and again when you talk to Biden officials and other allies about this is they want to raise the costs of this for Putin to make this as painful as possible for Putin and hopefully from from the Biden administration perspective to to make that clear to him so that he won't actually go in in the first place to make him think that this would be too costly an endeavor and it's not something that would be a net benefit to him. Jonathan Swan is Axios's national political reporter. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks a lot. That's all we've got for you today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And Nyla will be back with you tomorrow morning.